0: Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. And welcome. This is the Investor Coaching Show. Paul Winkler, along with Ira Work, hanging out here with me today. All things financial, financial planning, retirement planning, planning your future. Talk about the news of the day because it is typically the news that causes us to go astray because we feel like we gotta do something we may need to do something if it's helpful information but a lot of it's not helpful a lot of it is just trying to predict the future where are things going to go what's going to happen you know what's going to happen with the fed what's going to happen with china what's going to happen with taiwan what's going to go on with russia and, and you know what is the new technology ai how is that going to affect things it's that's what it is that is that's our world trying to predict the future why because we fear the future and if we can predict it, we can make better decisions to make ourselves more wealthy. But what we find is typically, as we had been talking about, uh, typically we find that it is uh, a lost cause. You know, we get in our 50s and go, all that stuff they told me doesn't work. And then then what we do is we read some financial publication and the financial publication was written by a financial media person, which I did a whole article on that, as a matter of fact. There was a little bit back, and it was how the financial media is not only misleading the public, but misleading financial advisors. Really well-written article about that. And then what happens is we think, hey, you know, I'll just, just follow these people. And then you don't recognize that who is advertising in these publications but financial companies, and they are trained because these people in the financial media, the journalists, they got to have something to write about. And I used to be that source years ago. I don't know, Ira, if you ever did that where, you know, you you have were trained to use the media and basically say, hey, hey if you ever need any input on anything, you're writing an article or you need an idea for an article, I'm here for you. <laughs>
1: um... <clears throat> I did that. Um, I've written some articles. Um, They never led to anything, really, other than me being able to have them reproduced. I actually have one sitting in the lobby at my office.
0: Well, the the credibility, right? I mean, you know, just the idea. Hey, I was written a financial article for Uh a big publication that you'd recognize. Now, my favorite one is where they wanted to charge me ten thousand dollars to write an article. Hey, well, you, you get to be part of it, and it was a, a major. Everybody would know the magazine if I named the magazine; you'd know it.
1: Well, I was actually hoping that I would get like enough publicity that you know, MSNBC or CNBC would want me to come on and be one of their talking heads. Well, and, you
0: can do that; just hire a PR person. You know, so but yeah, you can do that. That's that's easy. Hire a PR person and you can be interviewed on those. I'm not, I'm not joking.
1: No, no. I want to be one of the regular people on there every day from like seven to nine. Yeah, a host. You, you, That's
0: you, it. A host. You want, you want, you know, you don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want that. You have to sell your soul. <laughs> it's like, you know, there are a few of them that I really think highly of and they are Constantly picking on the guests, and I don't even know why the station still has them on there because they'll go, Hey, you know, you said uh, last time you were on here, you said this was gonna happen, and it didn't happen. Matter of fact, the opposite happened. What do you gotta say for yourself now? But those are few and far between. Well, I would say,
1: Well, just wait, it will happen. You just have to wait long enough.
0: For for one of those hosts to get sick and tired and actually go against one of their guests? Oh no, I thought no, you that's said, what I'm like, talking about. I thought you were
1: talking about like if you're if you're being interviewed, you know. The host uh, oh, oh, oh whatever you
0: say will come true eventually. eventually. Oh, I got you. No, no, yeah. that's not what I was talking about. <laughs> I was talking about the hosts uh, and going against their guests. It almost never happens. No, it never happens. <laughs> yeah. The issue, though, is is this as I see it, is that people you know, they they go to the financial world, the financial mm-hmm. community, and you know, the, and then they'll say, "Hey, you need to be buying life insurance as an, as an accumulation vehicle. It's a great. It's it's like a it's another form of Roth IRA. It has these great tax advantages. They have a great lobby with Washington. They got great tax benefits." And then, you know, you find out as time goes on, it just doesn't work very well. Well, then, you know, you you need this fund. Look at the fund return. This fund return was really, really tremendous for the past 15 years. I mean, look at the track record on this thing. You need to be investing in this. And then you go, you try it, and then it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And then you try one thing after another. Then you go to the financial media. Go, "Wait, wait, they don't have a dog in the fight, is my point. They don't have a dog in the fight. Why don't I just go and read... XYZ Financial Magazine and then see what they ought to say ought to be investing in and we don't recognize that who's advertising in their pages.
1: I was going to say, the financial media does have a door in the fight. Money Magazine has a door in the fight. Fortune Magazine has a door in the fight. And that door in the fight is called revenue, ad revenue.
0: And getting you coming back time and time and time again for new information because the next recommendation that comes down the pike, they've got to have your eye, eyes glued to the screen so that you'll see the ads for things that aren't even have nothing to do with financial products.
1: Right, you got to. Well, that's you, what I'm you gotta, about.
0: You gotta make. Well, I was just gonna say you gotta make sure that you, you see the ad on their, their dog food. Right. <laughs> you know, well, they're okay, mean, not so nothing to do with it. Their, <laughs>
1: their dog in the fight is ad revenue. I didn't even mean that. Fun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that was no fun intended. <laughs> I can't believe I said that. But
1: when you th- you know when you think about it, if you look through one, you know these magazines, and I've done it, um, roughly 65 percent of the of the pages are ads. Mm-hmm. That means, you know, 20, 35, maybe 30% of them are actual articles. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times the articles are written by people who have ads in the magazine. Go figure. Okay. So there is a door in the fight um, for even for the news media.
0: Well, and and I've seen, you know, even in the academic community, I, I've seen you know, people just say, and and ac- academics that I actually uh, that I admire mm-hmm. will often oversimplify when they give advice. Uh, you know, t- take, uh, well, you know, not necessarily consider an academic, but a successful investor for sure, Warren Buffett. Mm-hmm. You know, he would talk about going and, and sticking all of his estate in the S&P 500 for his wife when he passes. And, you know, you look at that and go, well, wow, you know, yeah, I suppose your wife could go 20 years without a return and it wouldn't hurt her when she's got billions.
1: Oh, yeah. And, and, you
0: know, <laughs> but, you know, for the for the general person out there that you you don't want to go five years. I mean, most people can't handle two years without a return, let alone 20 years, and that's what you end up with when you're in an undiversified portfolio. But it's mm-hmm. it's oversimplified because, hey, you know, if we just keep this super, super simple, and there are a lot of financial people who have done this, oversimplify the message. And you say, hey, you know, that's, and I'm not going to name names, but I've said, hey, do you realize that what you're telling people right here is incorrect and it's oversimplified, yeah yeah well i'm afraid that if i actually give all of the details i'll confuse people and it'll hurt more than it will help and that's their answer for things and so i I've, I've wondered that before
1: but i i kind of understand that because you know we often talk about eugene fama and you talk about when you mm-hmm. were chasing him around and listen to his lectures mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i've been in his lectures and mm-hmm. there are times where you know i'm following him following him following everything he's saying and all of a sudden he lays out this concept and I'm looking at him and thinking, okay, what did you just say? <laughs> okay. So I understand that a lot of these people like Warren Buffett will say something at a very, very simple level because they want people to have some knowledge. Something
0: to take away. Yeah. Well, it's like you said earlier, you, you're talking about uh, paralysis. Analy- analysis. Paralysis
1: by analysis.
0: Yeah. So, you know, you look at that and say, well, a lot of people when they – are confused. They don't do anything. And, and there is, it's a fine line that has to be walked. You know, when we look at just, well, just index the whole portfolio, you know, just index buy an index fund, which there's an example of something really super simple. And I'm doing a whole workshop on it. I'm going to be doing a workshop on, you know, how indexing can actually delay your retirement. And, you know, I'm going to go through and walk through it, but it's a very visual thing. To see why it's an issue, why indexing doesn't work in so many different areas of the market. And what is an approach that, uh, that I prefer, you know, as far as putting a portfolio together, which is far more academic. And, but you know, the reality of it is, it is a little bit more complicated. And, you know, I wish it were simple. I wish it were just say, hey, you know, and that's the industry, is a product approach to every problem that you have. Here's a product that solves your income problem, for example. And I just did a newsletter where I was talking about how we would love for it to be just a product, boom, because then all I have to do is buy this product and I'm done. All you need to do is buy this floor cleaner right here and then put it on and then, you know, walk out the door and then the floor, it will seep into all the areas in the floor and it'll spread to everywhere and it will clean, you know, no, there's a process. You got to get out the mop. You got to do this and then you got to take this and then you got to do, you just step two, step two, step three, step four. And there's a process to everything in life, but usually it's not as complicated as money is. Well,
1: and I don't think a lot of people realize, you know, to go 10 years um, without a return, you know, the S&P 500 from 2000 to 2010, which was actually an 11-year period, mm-hmm. didn't have had a negative rate of return. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you're looking at losing 1.09% uh, for that period of time, or 1.4% for the second 10-year rolling period, Right. Um, yes, there were years during that 10-year period that mm-hmm. were up years. hmm But over the whole of the two 10-year periods, 2000, 2009, 2001 to 2010, -hmm. two 10-year rolling periods, those were negative rates of return. Yeah. Now, when you need to take money out of your portfolio to live on, Mm -hmm. it does even more damage.
0: Right. Because you're having to sell low.
1: Right. And that's one of the reasons why the diversification is so important is so that you don't have to take the money out of the S&P you can take it out of another area that happens to be doing well during that period of time Mm
0: -hmm. yeah so you follow the golden rule of investing buy low sell high and have different asset categories that move in different In a different manner, you know, like, for example, value stocks in the early 2000s did much, much better. International stocks during the 1970s did much better. Uh, They did much international, did much better in the late 1980s. There are small caps that that were doing very, very well. I mean, literally, in the especially, oh my goodness, international, uh, in, in those areas doing very well. 2001, small caps, you know, doing exceedingly well. You look at periods of time where different asset categories do well because the economy is good for those size companies. And, you know, you think about around the world when things are happening. Uh, right now, uh, for example, big, big news in the, in the media right now is that Germany has been struggling so much. I saw that. And, and, you know, Germany is having all kinds of issues. But, you know, before it looked like Germany was going to not take over the world, but, you know, they were doing incredibly well because of the engineering, high quality products. And you just have a few things that go wrong. And all of a sudden those countries and now the media is writing them out. And they're saying, oh, there's it's going to take forever. It's just terrible. They're, they're, they're never going to come back. And I go, you know, the reality of it is those people in Germany want to come back pretty badly. And, yeah, they're down and out right now. But will they come back? They're probably doing thing, a lot of things right now to try to get themselves back in the game again and don't count them out. But at the same token— when they are doing really, really well, we think it's going to keep going forever. And that's exactly what we have done with large U.S. growth companies. They did really, really well. And then all of a sudden, people thought they could do no wrong. And then they start loading up on them. And then it just so happens that index funds tend to be very heavy on those large U.S. growth companies. And you take that perfect storm of, A, it's, it's like an anti-storm, uh, A, this area is doing well. And these are companies that I recognize. They're really well-known companies that I recognize. And then they're also the lower cost areas of the market to invest in. And let's just put all our money there. And that's what the financial media does. Is they come out and say, hey, look, you know, this is an area of the market. Let's do it. Look at the return of it. Um, and the media doesn't learn their lessons. They don't learn the lessons. Because if you look back at the 1970s, folks, the, the 1970s, you had – the media wall-to-wall talking about the nifty 50. They couldn't stop talking about these 50 great companies and how you needed to own them. And then all of a sudden, 1973 and 74 it came, and, and you couldn't get rid of these companies fast enough. And it was a horrible, horrible period of time. Uh, they couldn't stop talking about technology. You want to bring it up to the more more current era so to speak they couldn't stop talking about technology stocks in the late 90s couldn't get enough of them i mean look at what these companies are doing it's fantastic look how technology is being implemented and look how information is doubling every 18 months and blah 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 and then all of a sudden when those stocks went down 80 percent you couldn't get out of them fast enough and and this is what happened then then real estate they couldn't stop talking about real estate in the mid two thousands, and then all of a sudden, real estate took it on the chin, and they and but they have no accountability. That's the problem; they have no accountability to the public. And what happens as we go and look for information, we think that they're an unbiased source of information but nothing could be further from the truth. Their bias is constantly giving you new information that will keep you coming back and coming back and coming back and changing the information and then acting like this is the new paradigm. This is what you ought to be doing right now.
1: Well, if we look back at some returns, in the last 20 years, the U.S. stock market was the number one stock market, mm-hmm. just one out of those 20 years. mm
0: mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Okay,
1: and that was twenty fourteen. In twenty twenty one, we thought we had a pretty good year. We were up twenty six and a half percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I'd be happy with a twenty six and a half percent of my portfolio. Right. I mean, would you be happy with that?
0: <laughs> well, sure. But uh, but I'm curious. I'm dying of curiosity. What were some of the top areas in different years? Um, the top top countries. All
1: right. So twenty. All right. So let's just. Talk. I just mentioned twenty twenty one. Right. Twenty six point uh-huh. five percent. Uh-huh. The Netherlands. Okay. Twenty-seven point six, not much more. Wait, what what year is this? Twenty twenty-one. Okay.
0: Yeah, there are some interesting things going on in the Netherlands too. Uh-huh. So you can see where that would happen, but it wasn't pre- it wasn't predictable. No, you know some of the, some of the, I mean you you said that, uh, some of the the technology that I have done some articles on coming in the, the Netherlands. Oh my goodness, some of the technology that they're producing yeah. over there. Uh, has been nothing short of phenomenal as far as uh, high, high, high tech. And the level of education in their systems must be off the charts uh, because some of the, the technology that they are producing and some of the manufacturing that they're doing is far in advance of anything that I thought they were doing.
1: Okay. So That was number two. Number one, oh. Austria. Oh. 41.6%. What is it? 41.5%. I'm sorry, 41.5%.
0: Okay. All was right. their
1: return in 2021. Okay. Well, it's about to 2020. Okay. We had a good return here in the U.S. I mean, I'd be happy if my portfolio was up 20.7%. And that's the S&P? Mm-hmm. Okay. Sweden, 239 We were okay. number four, by the way.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay.
1: Netherlands again, 24.1%. Do you think it was Austria again? Austria? Yeah, I think they were 2020.
0: Oh, I don't know. No, yeah, they I were it. not. <laughs> I, don't. <laughs> I don't know.
1: 43.7%. <laughs> Their return more than doubled what we did.
0: Wow. How interesting. And, you know, just... When's the last time you ever watched the news and heard them talk about the Austrian <laughs> stock market? Or the Denmark. Or Denmark. Denmark. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we did really good in 2019.
1: We were up 30.9%. Uh-huh. Switzerland, 32. Uh, I'm sorry, Netherlands, 32. Switzerland, 32. Uh, Ireland, 37. Oh, wow. New Zealand, 38. Now, how many times? You're in this business, what, 30? How many years? I'm in the business a uh, little over 39. Yeah, it's I have about never 35. had anybody uh-huh. come into me and say, you know what? I want to invest in New Zealand. Uh, Denmark, Ireland, and the Netherlands—just those four countries.
0: Now I can't remember the last time anybody asked me. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> In
1: 2017. Let's see. The United States was up 21.2 percent. Uh huh. It was down towards the bottom of the chart. Austria was up 58. Wow. In 2016, wow. the United States was up 10.9.
0: Canada was up to Interesting. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. You want to learn more about what we do? Go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there, and if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more competent investors. And confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one! Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler Inc., an SEC registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Paul Winkler, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation.